and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and his story. My name's Raven, and I'm joined by Jared, one of the pastors here at Providence. And today we are discussing Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers. Hey, everyone. Welcome back right now. If you are listening in 2021, it's a new year. We're alive. (laughs) Everything's better now, right? 2020 is over. Yeah. Does it feel like a new year to you? I don't know what it feels like. We just gotta, we just gotta walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why we really were excited about talking about this book because Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly is a book that many people, even in the year of this crazy pandemic, have said that this is one of the most impactful reads in their faith and is also the book of the year. Yeah, so it has won a couple awards, and mm-hmm. I think. God was trying to communicate something to me from the heavens because I got this book three times for Christmas. And so, oh, wow. yeah, so I think, I think, I think God wanted me to read it. Yeah. I had never heard about it before, but I know that we have a gospel coalition meeting or I don't know, what is it called? Meeting, Reun- not reunion, but seminar. <laughs> and they're talking about this book. And so I'm really excited to dive in and know more. But Jared, you've actually already read it. Yeah. So I just finished it a little bit ago. And the idea of the book is getting at who Jesus really is at the center of everything at his heart. Um, and this comes from Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30, but specifically mm-hmm. in 29, Uh, It says that Jesus is gentle and lowly, which is obviously the title of the book. The subtitle of the book talks about us being sinners and sufferers. And the reality is, is that we're, it's like, life is just difficult or challenging Mm -hmm. for all of us. And Jesus's heart of being gentle and lowly specifically meets us in that place, which feels like a timely thing for a crazy season. So Jesus being gentle and lowly is just like balm for our souls and our minds and our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With so many people saying this is one of the best books they've read. It's so impactful to their faith. Why is it so radically life-changing? So yes, Jesus is gentle and lowly and this meets sinners and sufferers, but what truly is so amazing about this book? I will say, I thought, you know, you you hear about a book being award-winning or whatever, and I, I always am a little bit skeptical, but I will say, I was reading this uh, just a few weeks ago at a local coffee shop, and part of the way through it, I was so moved by it that I was like, moved to tears. I'm like, mm. I got to cover my face, and so I'm literally covering my eyes so people can't see me crying in a coffee shop because people are sitting right next to me. <laughs> All that to say, it was impactful for me, and I think... Um, one of the reasons why, uh, so many people are so moved by it is because you, you get to know, um, who Jesus truly is. So here, here was my, I don't know if this is a helpful illustration, but you know how sometimes when you like know somebody from work or, you know, somebody from school and then you actually like go on a trip with them and you actually get to know who they really are. They're like, Oh, it's not just, you know school friend. It, this is like a, a real person. You get to know the inner workings of their personality and everything. And um, I feel like through like reading this, I'm like, oh, that's who Jesus really is. Mm-hmm. And it painted like a, th- it, it took a, a picture of Jesus, you know, who I pray to and interact with, but it like made it like 3D or it took it from black mm-hmm. and white to color. And they're just so helpful in craftiness. And the reason that I think 
But that is important. And I've been on kind of my own personal journey with this. And I think as I've talked to people, it feels like other people are in the same place that in the church, um, even in our church, uh, we're like, we're learners and we love like the intellectual side to our faith. And we love learning about these doctrines about how amazing the gospel is and what Jesus has done for us, which is so, so, so helpful for being a follower of Jesus to know, you know, about the atonement of the gospel, you know, and how Jesus, um, uh, you know, how Jesus forgives and how he extends grace and all these different, I- like these ideas. This helps us to realize that we're not trying to like mentally apprehend doctrines, but mm-hmm. yet we have a living savior who's listening to us, who's interceding to the father on our behalf. He's walking through life with us. That is the embodiment of all these amazing like doctrines that we try to apprehend. And he's trying to show us that heart. And so I think mm-hmm. one of the, one of the ways that's so powerful is it just makes it, it makes Jesus feel like he's real and living and he's with us, which is true. But sometimes we forget that because yeah. we just operate in the intellectual world about ideas in the sky. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful. I think the other reason is um, we all uh, to, um, I mean, to varying degrees, but we, we have all been, really shaped by our relationships in our past and specifically authority relationships and specifically with our parents and our dad. And we're all carrying these wounds around Mm -hmm. and we project those. You've heard this before, but we project those onto God or we project those onto Jesus. And so we so quickly uh, think that Jesus, even if we don't say this, we perceive Jesus as someone who is maybe harsh or he could get mad at us or we need to like hide or run away from him. Mm -hmm. And this paints a picture of Jesus that he's not like, like he's not like that. Like, yes, there is discipline or justice or wrath that is within who he is, but at his core, at his heart, he's gentle and lowly. Like that's Mm -hmm. the center point of who he is. Um, It it described like, so when we say heart, um, and that's what this book is about. It's like, who is Jesus at his core, at his heart? When we say heart, we kind of have this kind of flippant, like emotional, like follow your heart kind of thing. But in the Bible's picture of heart or the depiction of heart, that word means like the center point of who you are, like who, who are you at the deepest spot? And that's your wisdom, like how we govern, how we make choices. It's, you know, our, our minds and how we think and also our emotions and how we feel. So if you could mix all of those kind of ideas together, that's what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about heart. And there's one time Ortland says this, there's one time in the gospels where it said, where it describes who Jesus is at his very core, at his very heart. And it says that he's gentle and lowly. Mm. That's just a, a powerful thing. And we need to re we need to be reframed uh, or we need to reframe our minds on that because as human beings who have been like wounded and we're sinful and fallen, we have this gravitational pull to go back toward just like what we would naturally like the, the, the picture of God who, you know, that our earthly parents, our father has, made us put on him. And so we need to come back to what the truth is. And Orland does a great job of like examining that from a bunch of different angles and a bunch of different verses. So mm-hmm. that's my long winded answer <laughs> to your question. No, I think that's, that's good. And I think one of the questions that comes to mind is, okay, well, why do we need 
a book to tell us this? Why can't we just glean from scripture, Jesus's heart and understanding who he is? Is it because our wounds are impacting us so much that it blinds us? Is it because the church is leading us in that way to not focus on the way that Jesus is gentle and lowly? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that's a good question. And I think we can get at it um, from, uh, you know, like, there's no better way to find out about Jesus than reading your Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Ortland takes this concentrated time and effort to um, address what he thinks, like, people are particularly struggling with. This is why, I mean, it's kind of the same idea of why, uh, you know, you could read a passage, but then you hear a sermon on it a week later and it really pops because some has, someone has prayerfully been convicted mm-hmm. by the Spirit to not only tell you what a verse says, but to try to like bring it to bear on on this in your heart and so, mm-hmm. or on our hearts and our minds and just an application. And so, um, I, I assume I don't know the backstory of how this is written, yeah. but my my guess is, um, you know, if you talk to enough people, you just realize, hey, everyone is struggling, and we don't always know how to. We sometimes need some friends or the community of God to help us along to figure out like, Hey, how do we, like, how does Jesus really meet us in this place? And Ortland, who's a great thinker, um, he works for a publishing company. He has a PhD, all of that. He recognized this need in culture and maybe American Christian culture. And he just does a, a phenomenal job of making it succinct and direct. And it's just powerful. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast on the way here this morning that, was interviewing Dane Ortland and he was saying that he became a Christian when he was six and he wrote this book just over years of just anguish and tears and being frustrated with his sin and realizing that Jesus truly wants to meet you in that place. And Jared, you had mentioned that a little bit yesterday when we were talking about it of that was just so beautiful. Can you kind of explain that thought or concept that he touches on in the book? Yeah. So I, maybe not everyone carries all the same wounds that I do, but when I am like struggling with sin and I know that, you know, I have Christian friends who would say the same thing. Um, we can have this, or I can have this view that, that God is, or Jesus is upset or he wants to distance himself or he's standing, you know, in the back of a room with a furrowed brow and his arms crossed, you know, you know, tapping his toe, waiting for me to get it figured out Mm. um, that I have to like clean myself up. And I know that the gospel doesn't say that, but a lot of our hearts naturally go to that place. Like, Oh no. Like I know what Jesus standard is. Like we know his beauty. We know his like his set apartness um, and we know his perfection and we have a desire to live up to that. And then when we don't, it's like, Oh, I, I did it again. I, I screwed up again. And, um, in Ortland in this book, he has a, a chapter, or really maybe a couple chapters on the fact that because he's gentle and lowly in heart, um, and, and because he has such a passion or a compassion for us, he doesn't meet our sin with like keeping a distance and like hoping we'll, will change, but that's actually what his gentle and lowly heart is specifically designed for. That's what his compassion is designed for. And so he actually runs with, with fervor toward that. Like, um, you know, uh, scriptures will tell us that, um, because the joy set before him, he went to the cross. And so Mm -hmm. he actually has 
a joy. It's not, we think it's a burden a lot of times, but he has a joy in moving toward us to figure out our, our sins and he will advocate for us. He'll be by our side. I think in the book, one time he uses the, the analogy of like, we think of um, when we sin, <clears throat> we think of us being like, oh no, we're sinful and Jesus is opposed to us and distant from us. But he says he sides with us against our sin, kind of like a father who has a deep hatred for a, a chronic sickness that his you know, young son or daughter would have. A father would side with their child and have a hatred for that sickness. And Jesus does the same thing with us, mm. that he has a... a hatred for the sin inside of us and he will side with us. And this is specifically speaking for Christians who are, you know, who have been forgiven, you know, God's children. He will come beside us and, and, and fight with us and fight for us against us. It's super, super powerful stuff. I know that, um, you at the beginning, he talks about how, um, this book is for people who feel like they're constantly, um, their, their walk of faith is he says something like uh is is a life of walking up uh a down escalator or however you would say that like you feel like you're constantly walking up and trying to catch up and he's trying to paint a different picture for us Mm. yeah that's a really really cool picture because i think that for a lot of us as christians we do feel like that we feel like we're trying over and over and over again and as we start to understand more about what God has done for us on the cross, our idea of, or just our viewpoint of our sin starts to grow. And we realize, Mm -hmm. wow, we are so sinful because we're realizing, man, God is so, so holy. Mm -hmm. And then that starts to create that wrestle of, well, shoot, I'll never be enough, but by God's grace, Jesus is enough Mm, for us. And so that's just such a beautiful picture of the gospel. Yeah. And I think that the challenge is, um, it, it, it's totally true. And, and the, I guess the hope of that is that when you realize how sinful we are, and maybe we continually realize that, and then we continually realize God's holiness, like the, the picture of the gospel is all the more like wonderful and great. Mm-hmm. And the thing that Ortland does in, in this book is he takes it beyond a concept and says, Hey, this is what not only this is what Jesus has done, but this is what Jesus is like. Mm. The reason he did those things for us is not because, you know, he just rolled his eyes and said, ah, oh, these people need my help. So I'm going to do it. No, he loved us so much. And for the joy set before him, he did that. And now he follows that up by continuing that same self-sacrificial, unconditionally loving kind of character toward the people of God and it's exhibited through a person and we should like, we should embrace that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so it's just, it's just powerful. I found myself walking away. One of the reasons that I know this is good. I think this is probably one of the better books that I've read in the last year. But uh, one of the reasons I thought, man, this is great is because I walked away after my little reading sessions and um, I was just thinking about Jesus and thinking mm-hmm. about who he was. And it made me want to, to approach him all the more. It made me want to spend more time with him. It made me want to pray. And so I'm like, okay, that's probably a good thing. That's probably a healthy thing. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And I don't know about people listening in if they're wondering the same thing too, but I'm wondering how does he paint that picture of who Jesus is? So in scripture, we're learning about 
what Jesus does, is he normally referencing scripture to say, this is who Jesus is in the heart of Jesus. And then he's building on that with personal experiences or how does he truly flesh out Jesus's compassionate heart and the fact that he is on our side, that he wants to be in those shame-filled places? Yeah. Uh, good question. So if there are any people who are like, well, wait, does this just a bunch of touchy feely stuff or what, you know, what, what's going on here? Uh, he does a masterful job. So every chapter that's in here is based on, um, a specific verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and he jumps around the new Testament and there's a handful of old Testament verses too. Um, but he primarily bases this on, um, a verse per chapter. And then he expounds on that by, um, uh, kind of supplementing that with, some Puritan writing from like the 1600s, um, people who have thought deeply about this kind of stuff. And so, um, like for example, uh, the beginning of the book. So, um, the start of it is gentle and lowly. And that comes from Matthew, um, 11, 29 that says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And so then he does the work of explaining like what exactly that means. And so he talks about, you know, in uh, kind of a translation of gentle, uh, being the fact that, that he's meek and he's not trigger happy and he's not harsh and he's not reactionary. Um, and he, he expounds and just says he's the most understanding person in the universe. And the posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but it's open arms. And then he goes on to explain lowly and he says generally translated as humble and accessible and the fact that he's glorious and holy and, and, but no human being has ever been so approachable as him. And so, um, he, he really just like puts kind of flesh and blood on these things. And so it's not actually not a lot of personal stories. It's actually quite theological, but it's, Mm. he does a really good job of making a theological concepts really come to life by describing Jesus as a person. So Mm. just makes it come to life. Super cool. I'm getting excited listening to you talk about it because I do think, especially inside of me, there's just this desire to have theology and truth and things that are rooted in scripture, but then also have it be flesh and blood, have it relate and feel, you know, true in that way. And I think the beauty of Christ coming in human form is that he does relate to us Mm -hmm. and we have to remember that. Who would you recommend this book to? Who would you say should read this? I mean, I just think it's for every Christian. It's so good because, so the subtitle of the book says the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers. And you kind of think, oh, so it must be for people who like struggle with depression and anxiety and guilt and shame, which if we dug down deep enough, it would probably be everybody. But he's essentially saying like, Hey, we're all sinners and we all suffer like you need to read this. And I think so just so you know, I read this and I'm like, my next thought is like, I got to, I got to start giving this book away. Mm -hmm. And actually I got three copies of it. And so I've given it to two people in my city group uh, already. Um, I kept one of them uh, and I thought, man, our staff has to go through this. Like this Mm -hmm. would be so formational for us to get to know, like what a, what better investment of time than to get to know our savior better, you know? Yeah. And I thought, what if our whole church went through this, you know? And we took time in our city groups for a couple months to read through this. And so I would, I think especially if you feel, so it's for everybody, but especially if you feel um, just weary in this season, um, if you feel like Jesus feels distant, 
Um, if you're a person who struggles with guilt or shame, especially if you sense that um, when you think of God, you uh, you maybe think of um, like you feel like you really have to like live up to his standard. You feel a lot of pressure because maybe you grew up in a like a heavy like rules based environment um, where there was maybe fear of not following the rules. Um, it's just super powerful because it, it paints a, a full picture of God and it doesn't just so you know, it doesn't skip over the, the wrath of God it doesn't skip over the justice of God. Um, it doesn't skip over the discipline of God. He does a very careful job of doing that, but it's super powerful. If you find yourself weary and burdened. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to reading it and we hope that you all will too. Again, we don't just talk about books on here just to have something to talk about, but they truly are formational to our faith and to our view of Christ and who he is in our lives. So thanks again for joining us this morning. Again, this book is called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. And if you have any questions or comments or want to send us an email about anything, please email us at formation at providenceomaha.org and we will see you next week. Next week.